The Holy Spirit is the presence of God in the church. Amen. How Amen. are you having such a good time wow. without the Holy Spirit? Yes. It's amazing to me. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. I want to thank God for my colleague and my friend this past week. He's really been a, a bug in my ear. <laughs> It, it just this Bible is great. Amen. I pray to God that one day, if you don't have one, God would give you a biblical friend, a friend who will share scriptures with you. Uh, as much as we like sports, we very seldom get to it. Very, very <laughs> seldom. First of all, I don't like his team, no way. So we don't talk about sports that much. But I want to thank you for what we discussed this week about... Amen. about forgiveness and repentance and yes, what God is doing today yes. in his church. Amen. Now, we're going to begin today where we sort of left off last week. Paul is in Ephesus here, and we talked a little bit last week about all those demonic spirits that people downplay today. I don't know why it's downplayed because Satan is very tricky. He's very cunning. He's conniving. And many times people don't even know it's Satan. And just took a little time this week to reflect back over the church. How many still baptized? Are there any conversions, I would say? Most church memberships are memberships that's transferred. Uh, they are not conversions. Is the church really doing their work? And you look at the book of Acts and Paul is in Ephesus. It was some great things going on there in Ephesus, some great things that God was doing. In the beginning of Paul's third missionary journey, he comes back to Ephesus. He was there for a while. They wanted him to stay, but he said, you know, if God will, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. So he comes back the beginning of his third, this is his last missionary journey, and he spent some time there, and having spent some time there, I'm in Acts 18, verse 23, we're gonna come to Ephesus, he passed successively through the Galatian region and Phrygia, strengthened all the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos, Apollonius, which is, that's a short, Apollos, and Alexandrian by birth, this means this was a very scholarly man. Alexandria is where the big major university was. That's where you learned to deal with all the rhetoric and you learned to talk and present yourself. So the Bible says he was an eloquent man. He was well-trained. He came to Ephesus and he was mighty in the scriptures. He knew the scriptures. Well, he knew how to present the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus being acquainted only with the baptism of John. Now, I really don't know why we're introduced to Apollos this way because in a few verses down, you get to chapter 19, uh, Paul is in Ephesus and he came across these disciples who had only heard of the baptism of John. And that's a question that we need to answer. And that's something we need to pay attention to, especially in the church today. When you accept Jesus as your savior, it's a big, big controversy. And I don't mean to stir it up any. It says, when do you receive 
the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When do you receive the Holy Spirit? That's a question. The AC unit just went off. Everybody want to hear this. <laughs> when do you receive the Holy Spirit or when did you receive mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit? What was the outcome of that? Mm. I was waiting for an answer. I guess I won't get one. I'm going to move on. <laughs> he said to them, now this is down in chapter 19, a few verses down. I get back up to Apollos. Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. Now this Ephesus is a hotbed. We're going to tell you why. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's a straightforward question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Now, if there's anything divisive to the church and the agent that God gave to empower the church and bring the church together, it is one big decisive thing, the Holy Spirit. Yes, and that's a shame. The power that God wants to use the gifts that are given through the Holy Spirit to help build up the body of Christ has called many pastors not to be friends, called many saints not to speak to each other, called many saints to call their friends sinners. They're not saved. And it goes on day in and day out. Only God knows how many times I've been told, you ain't saved. Well, I'm going to leave that to Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm only going by what the scriptures say to the best of my ability. Listen at this. They said to him, these were some disciples. And they said to him, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now that's kind of hard to believe because John himself, when he was baptizing and preaching, and he said, there's one coming after me. That's right. That's what John That's right. said. And if you had any connection with John, you must have heard that message. Yes, so yes. when they say, we don't even know if there is a Holy Spirit, I believe what they were saying is, we don't know if the Holy Spirit has come yet. Yeah, the manifestation yeah, of it. We, yes. we don't know. They didn't get their part. They couldn't mm -hmm. say they never heard of him. They had never heard of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That was all part of the message. And, and then Paul he said to them, well, into what were you baptized? That's another good question. What were you baptized? If you were baptized, into what were you baptized? Don't tell me water. Mm -hmm. Into what were you baptized? What certified your baptism? Yes, right. Wow. And Paul asked that was a serious question. Now, Apollos comes. He's doing this teaching up there. Aquila and Priscilla hears him. I'm going back and forth. And uh, they wanted to know, they heard him preaching and teaching. This was a scholarly man. And they heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. He too was not bringing the Holy Spirit into it. That's I right. mean, he was right about Jesus. They, he, was, he was fervent about Jesus. That's mm -hmm. what attracted their attention. But the, but the scripture says they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now, I'm quite sure this was not just a 15, 20 minute little conversation they had on the side. And Luke writing this, Luke was very good. He really didacted a lot of things out of there. But you could put together this was more than a 10, 15, 20 minute conversation on the side. They, they instructed him. They explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wanted to go across a care, the brethren encouraged him 
and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he had arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. Apollos goes to another area and the brothers sent a letter and they welcomed him for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Yes. Now that's, that's powerful. That's what we need today. Mm -hmm. We need some good spirit-filled preachers who are not afraid to call whatever God calls it what it is. We need some who are a little bit more concerned about being so eloquent, for being so, what I say, scholarly. Our job is not to arouse people, but to bring them to a conviction yes, yes. about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, so here's these disciples that Paul ran across when he came to Ephesus. They said, we only heard about John baptism. And then Paul said, well, what do you baptize then? And, and they said, well, we've been baptizing John's baptism. He said, but John baptized with the baptism of repentance. John said, repent, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him. Now, that's what John preached, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And something happened that happened nowhere else in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So we cannot take this situation and put it a stamp that it's supposed to happen all the time That's to everybody. Right. That's right. But this is the way it's been mm -hmm. interpreted. Let's, let's take the scripture for what the scriptures are, are saying and what the scriptures are. Listen, and when Paul had laid his hands on them or upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. That never happened again. That's the only place hands is laid on anybody in the New Testament. And the Holy Spirit came. Some situation as he was preaching, the Holy Spirit came. We're trying to find a way where everybody could say this is the way to do it. But God and his being so diverse have mm -hmm. spread it out until now we say now, which one fits you? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Some people are all confused, but here's what Jesus said in John 7. If we could read, let's follow the teachings of Jesus. This is not a spooky business, people of God. And we're trying to find out if we have the Holy Spirit based on the way these men in Acts chapter 18, John chapter 7. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is wonderful. Here's what Jesus said. This is Jesus now, a disciple. This is Jesus. In verse 37, Jesus said this. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, mm -hmm. as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. Those who believed in him were to receive. For the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. He said, if I go, the Holy Spirit will come. He's not going to come till I leave. He will be another comforter, the, another, another of the same kind. Mm -hmm. Another could be another of a different kind, but Jesus is saying no, another same kind. So with Jesus saying, the Holy Spirit would be another me. Yes. Exactly yes. what he's saying. He would be just like me. He would only testify about me. He will tell you things to come. He will show you things to come. He will be me with you. Amen. 
not with you, but in you. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God in the church. Amen. How are Amen. you having such a good time wow. without the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes, yes. It's amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, we had a good time. What? Man, he really preached. Who? The Holy Spirit? Who preached? Yes. Who yes. used who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, this is very, very important. I mean, I was under heavy conviction uh, this past week. We don't understand this. We think that we're supposed to be, when I say we, church leaders, we're supposed to control things. We're the ones, we call the shots now. We only want to be in here about 50 minutes now. We've got to get these people out of here. The church is to prepare people for the coming of Jesus. Yes. And yes. that is to yield to the spirit of Christ so that he can tell us how he wants the people to get ready. Now, this book of Ephesians is really, really an important book in this phase of Paul's ministry. Now, he wanted to go to Asia, chapter 16, and the Holy Spirit forbid him to go. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not time yet. Because all these churches in Asia, people of God, are the seven churches in Revelation. Now, listen very carefully. And the first church that John addresses was the church at Ephesus. Paul writes to Timothy. The two letters he wrote to Timothy, Timothy had been placed as more or less the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Mm -hmm. And Paul writes to Timothy many things about false teachings. that The enemy wants to bring in a lot of lies, heresy, and false doctrine and false prophecies. And it infiltrates the church yes. and the church get off course and there's no power to bring it back. And we follow that. You have to understand, there is no church without the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is Amen. none. You have a group of people socializing, mm -hmm. coming together, doing Christian things, choir singing, mm -hmm. only God knows what, and doing what we want to do. Where's the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Amen. I'm, I'm just a bit hyped up here today, brother. So what did these brothers do? What did these brothers do in Acts chapter 19? Paul prayed for them, laid hands on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. Oh, God, we don't even want to start that confusion because there's so many people don't believe in anything no more. They, they really don't. It was about 12 men. Paul laid his hand on them, but many people look at that as being, there's something that needs to be explained too. When somebody lay hands on you, it's more of identification than a transformation. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org.